0: Our Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you.
1: I'm going to hand over to Chris now, but first of all, we're going to watch a, a short video uh, with Talia and Naya who are going to be um, uh, bringing the passage to us. So we're going to hand over to them now.
0: Cain said to the Lord my present punishment is more than I can bear today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence, I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. But then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the
1: land of Nod, east of Eden. Thank you so much, girls. Oh, you're so cute, gorgeous. Thank you for reading that for us um, Yeah, today and, and reading so well. Um, and yeah, such good news about uh, Chris Chris and, uh, and Beryl. And I'm really pleased to, to see that they're both back home. But yeah, let's keep praying uh, uh, for them as they recover and as, they can, as God continues to be with them. And um, yeah, Happy Mother's Day. So good to to be able to come and celebrate mothers all all across. And um, I was just thinking, you know, last week I shared a story about about my mum and um, I thought that, you know, I'd, I'd share another kind of feel good story. So if you've been, if you're a mother this week and you've been feeling a little bit sorry for yourself... And thinking, oh, my kids are hard work. Well, at least you didn't have uh, the Kumbangi uh, siblings uh, in your home. And so here's another one. And uh, this is now one. So last week was about Charles, um, my, the brother just below me. This one's about David, my youngest brother. And David, he, uh, he was always into film. Like, uh, and and into media. In fact, he went and did a media degree um, in London. And I I remember thinking, oh, what are you doing this Mickey Mouse course for? But in fact, now he currently works as a script editor for Film Four, uh, producing films. He's even got one out that's like receiving all sorts of awards at the moment. So doing really well. But when we were younger, um, it was all a bit, you know, Mickey Mouse. And uh, I remember he was probably around 14, 15 years old. And he was shooting a film out in the streets nearby. And this film, for him, it needed a kind of drive-by scene. And so they got a water pistol, they spray-painted it black, and uh, they got someone was driving a car for them. And so you can kind of picture the scene. They're driving through the streets, and they've got the, the loud sound system playing with this kind of black gun pointing out the window, um, these loud bullet sounds going off and, and people on the sides of the streets obviously pretending to die and falling over. All who whilst he's kind of filming and directing this. Uh, needless to say, someone obviously saw this and, and panicked, you know, when you see a bunch of a black guys shooting people out the window. It's probably not a good look, is it? And so they, anyway, they called the police and uh, to be honest, it wasn't hard to find us because we lived in a very white area and uh, so David he was off with his friends doing that and I was out my mum and dad are out but my brother Charles who you'd heard about last week he he had just got home from football training and was in the shower when he hears this loud knocking at the door knock 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 open up and and he's kind of in the shower just kind of shouting hold on and uh, anyway he manages to get a towel round him and goes down the stairs and there's there's all these policemen, there's these police cars all out on our streets and our neighbours must have been thinking, what on earth is going on in there? And uh, anyway, they, they get him outside of the house, in his towel, locked up against the wall, and he has no idea what's going on. And so he's like professing his innocence and, and he's, oh, I've done nothing wrong, sir, you know, I've, I've not done anything. And they're saying, well, you've, you've been seen with a black gun and they're, they're kind of searching our house. And whilst this is going on, um, I mean, this is amazing, my brother David, he he comes around the corner, he sees all the police cars and uh, and what's going on, and then legs it, because he doesn't want to get into trouble, so he's off, and I mean, he must have, his conscience must have got the better of him, because he then, he he finally, he comes back, Charles gets released from the handcuffs and let inside, and, and he I think he got a slack wrist, he got taken to the station and uh, probably got a caution or something, and... Um, I mean, it was just amazing. So if you're, if you're a mum today and you're thinking, my kids are tough, well, just be grateful you didn't have me uh, or, or my siblings as, as your children. And, uh, but I, I kind of say that because whilst, uh, whilst David didn't really kill anyone, or whilst he didn't really shoot anyone, we've been reading over the last few weeks of one sibling who did kill another sibling and uh, we we heard about Cain didn't we last week Cain killed Abel this is this is the first family the first family that I created we have Adam and Eve we've heard about them and then you've got Cain and Abel and Eve she has these two sons uh, Cain gets jealous he, he he kills Abel and now as we've just heard being read out Cain is now banished and he's sent away from the land and I just think poor Eve, poor Eve, like, she's a mother with no children. One's been killed, the other one's been banished. You know, as we come to celebrate Mother's Day today, I just recognise that there might be many mums out there, you might be watching today, and you're a mother, but you just have no children. And I just wanted to know, do you know, God feels your pain, he knows that. Every time someone rejects him and walks away from him it's a it's a child that he has created rejecting him going away and right from the very beginning we see humanity understanding loss and hurt and pain and the first mother was no different and so I want to talk today though about mainly is there any hope is can, can there be hope? Can there be hope found when our our children uh, go off the boil? When they go and they do horrendous things, when they when they when they when they do things that uh, get them into all sorts of trouble, and and not just our children. What about ourselves? When when we mess up, when when we go off the boil, when when we do things that are unforgivable, when we end up um, doing things like Cain, is there hope for restoration? Is there a way back to God? Is there a hope for a future for us even when we mess up? Um, Because we all do, don't we? Uh, You know, I've shared many times stories of myself. Uh, We know stories, all of us, all of us can do things that sometimes we just feel, surely this is too much for God to forgive. Is there hope? And today what I want us to do is I want to look at, this blueprint for restoration that we see at the end of chapter 4 and into chapter 5. I want us to, to explore, can there be a hope for a future? Can there be restoration to be had? And so uh, we, we heard, read out so wonderfully from those first few chapters, didn't we, about Cain. And um, let's, I'm just going to remind us of the story. Uh, so you've got Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve have their children, Cain and Abel. And Cain says to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear he can't bear it you know amazingly in the New Testament we see you know verses saying actually you won't be tempted more than you can bear and here Cain is saying hey this, this is just more than I can bear so he, he brings it to God this is more than I can bear today you are driving from the land and I will be hidden That's it's another key phrase isn't it because Adam and Eve in their shame and in their nakedness they hid from God and Cain he, he recognizes that that being away from God hiding from God is not a good place to be he wants to be brought into the light he wants to be in relationship with God and we see in the New Testament that actually God he, he God is the light and he brings us into his light and, and we can know him and we can we can be with him we can know his presence and he, he says I will be a restless wanderer on the earth whoever finds me will kill me this is uh, the, the the kind of the sentence of, of of the curse of sin that is kind of given right that we've heard a few weeks ago that how the wages of sin is death the things that we do that are wrong actually the the rightful um, kind of justice is for for us to say to, to to have death and Cain he knows that and he knows he knows you know what I, I know I will die if if I, I know this is what I deserve I don't really deserve Anything less. But the Lord says, not so. I mean, they amazing amazing. Not so. The Lord says, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. And then what happens is the Lord puts a mark or a seal on Cain. We're going to hear a bit about that later and how that relates to us. So that anyone who finds him will not kill him. The Lord is putting a protection order on Cain. If you mess with Cain, you mess with me. And um, I just I think that's amazing that Cain is given all these these this kind of this opportunity to come back to God, this opportunity for restoration. He's, he's given protection. He's, he's given all these things. And, and God says, you know what, this isn't going to happen to you. But unfortunately, Cain rejects God. And we kind of see that shine through in in a few different glimmers and and a few different hints. And so uh, when God questions Cain uh, in in the earlier chapters of chapter four, Cain ends up saying, oh, well, am I my brother's keeper? Like it's this kind of sarcastic, like no remorse, no repentance. No, he's not sorry at all. At the end of um, this passage that we heard read out, we see that Cain Uh, is sent out from the Lord's presence and he lives in the land east of Eden and you know when you get directions in the Bible it's that they're good pointers for us because you know Adam and Eve they were sent out to the east of the garden now we get Cain sent out and he's sent out to the east and Direction of travel is important and often you see throughout the Old Testament, when people go out east, they're often going away from the promises of God. They're travelling away from God's purposes. And when they travel west, they're travelling into God's purposes. So Joshua and the Israelites, they cross from the desert over the Jordan from east to west. The Magi are Magi in the east and they see the star and they follow it west uh, to find baby Jesus. And and there's, that's just I don't know, maybe you want to do a masters and that's something to look into in the future but this is this is just a little hint as he's cast out east of eden and then we then get this whole kind of random section where it looks random at first but really what it is 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 it's Cain's um, genealogy and we find out that Cain Um, And then his his children and his children's children, they don't really learn any lessons. And we get down to Lamech. And so in chapter 4, verse 23, it says that it tells us that Cain, he actually married two wives. He's clearly going away from the purposes of God. And he marries these two wives and he boasts of them. And he says hear my words, I have killed a man for wounding me. He's like saying, I've reaped vengeance, I've done this. This is is Lamech, this is one of Cain's descendants. He's boasting about this. And he then says in verse 24, if Cain is avenged seven times, well, Lamech is avenged 77 times. And it's this kind of boast. And you just see that what Cain did and and went wrong has just kind of followed him through throughout the generations, And it's probably why Jesus says, you know, when, when someone wounds you, when someone hurts you, don't just forgive them seven times. Forgive them 77 times. It's, it's a, a reminder right back to this. Don't be like Cain. Don't be like Lamech. Like, we don't get vengeance for ourselves. We give forgiveness. And so he is a, he is, we, we're not going to be like Cain. We're not going to follow Cain. He had every opportunity to be restored to God, but he chose to reject God. But do you know what? There are many people throughout the Bible who don't follow Cain's example, who have known God and then they mess up, they do dumb stuff, but then they come back to him and they restore to him. So let me just give you a few examples. Abraham is a great example. So in Abraham, we find out about him in chapter 12. And uh, Abraham is called by God. He, there's this amazing calling on his life. In chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, it says, The Lord said to Abraham, which was his name, Go from your country, uh, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. It's, it's this back to that first fruit. It's that first step faith. He's saying... He, I know you're there, but I want you to leave. I want you to go from there. And he gives this promise. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you and all the peoples of the earth, they will be blessed through you. God has this promise that he gives to Abraham and he's going to fulfill it even when Abraham does dumb stuff and messes up. And so in that same chapter, we find that in, in verse 10, there is a famine. And uh, that's another thing. When you see famine, someone normally is about to do something silly. And there's a famine comes and fear comes on Abraham. And out of that fear, he leaves the place where God has called him to be. Because in, in verse 7, God shows him the promised land and he ends up building an altar there. And it's, it's great, but then this famine comes and he leaves. And Abraham, he goes down to Egypt. We find this out in verse 10 to, 12, 10 to 20 of, of chapter 12. He goes down to Egypt. And on his way down, he's, he's talking to his wife, Sarah. And he's saying, Sarah, you're, you're really hot. And when these Egyptians see you, they're going to want to kill me and not give, not give us any food. And they're going to want to keep you as their wife. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pretend you're my sister so that we can have some food he's kind of he's going in for this trade i'm gonna trade trade the truth for a bit of food and that's never a good thing and it's because he's fearful it's because he's, he's worried he's worried about the famine and then he's worried about what the egyptians are going to do and so he goes down there and they treat them well because of abraham and because of the daughter sarah they um the the uh king the pharaoh um, that are pleased with how she looks and so um, he's kind of given like a dowry and he's given sheep in verse 16 he's given sheep he's given cattle he's given male and female donkeys he's given servants he's given camels he's given all this stuff and Sarah goes off to be with pharaoh and then but do you know what because God is so faithful to his promises because God is so faithful to what he's done even when we mess up even when we do dumb stuff he then sends a, a plague on the land, and Pharaoh he he inquires inquires like, "What on earth has happened? What has gone wrong?" And he ends up giving Sarah back. You know, he doesn't touch Sarah. Sarah goes back to Abraham. He gives him all the stuff, so all the everything that he'd been given. He says, "You have it, and you go, and and you go, you go off and, and do your thing." And and I I'm, I mean, remarkably, it's like. It's a bit like that promise that that God first gave Cain that he chose to reject, this mark. It's like, if you mess with Abraham, you're messing with God. And there's this kind of seal, this protection on Abraham. And and God comes through and he is faithful to his promises. And so he protects him and he looks after him. And and and, and Abraham is blessed abundantly. It's crazy, really. And what's even more ridiculous is that you go forward a few chapters. You go into chapter 8. Uh, Sorry, chapter 20. So you go forward eight chapters and you get to chapter 20. And the same thing happens again. And not even with a different person, with Abraham. Exactly the same thing happens again. And so chapter 20, we see Abraham, he he moved on from the region of the Negev where he was. And um, he's going to meet Abimelech, who is the king of Gerar. And uh, so he goes to to meet him. And uh, he is, again, worried that Abimelech is going to want Sarah to be his wife. And so he says, oh, let's just tell her that you're my sister. And they do exactly the same thing again. And But amazingly, God comes to Abimelech in a dream and he says to him, Abimelech, you are as good as dead because of the woman that you have taken. She is a married woman. Abimelech realises what he's done. He, he Again, he hasn't touched her. And um, he he uh, goes back to Abraham. He gives him back his wife. and God, And he says return that god says to abimelech in this dream um, that abraham is like a prophet and that he should ask abraham to pray for him and um and so abraham does and so even though abraham has messed up even though abraham has done this wrong abraham ends up praying for abimelech abimelech again gives Abraham he brought it says in, in chapter 20 verse 14 Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and servants to Abraham and he blessed Abraham and he gave it to him and Abraham prayed for Abimelech and it's just this crazy that God is so faithful to his promises faithful to how he is going to bless the nations that he is making sure that he he looks after and he protects his people and then you get Isaac So Isaac is is Abraham's son and he's the promised child that comes to him and just a few chapters later in chapter 26, Isaac is with Rebekah, they have a wife and right at the start of chapter 26 you get these words, now there's a famine in the land. And again, Isaac, I mean he would have heard the stories from his mum and dad, Isaac, he takes um Rebecca and he goes and Abimelech is still king on the throne he goes to Abimelech he says this is my sister and the whole thing repeats again and 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 again God protects and and God is faithful to his promises faithful for how he is going to bless the nations through this family and he keeps protecting this family and i just think it's it, it seems nuts and it seems crazy that even when these people mess up, that God continues to look after and protect and restore and give uh, ways to come back to him. And do you know, every single time they do, Abraham does come back. He repents. He goes back. He builds altars. He prays. Isaac does exactly the same. And do you know what? In Galatians chapter 3, it says this. It says these amazing words. In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith for all of you were baptized into Christ and have clothed yourself with Christ there's neither Jew nor Gentile slave nor free there is neither male nor female you are all one in Christ Jesus if you belong to Christ then you are Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise when you someone puts their trust in Jesus they the bible tells us that you become like a, a descendant of Abraham And you are part of the promise that God first gave to Abraham right back then that he he would be a blessing to all nations. And what that means is that when you mess up, that when you do wrong, that you can come back and you can be restored and God will protect you and God will look after you and you can trust him. And that doesn't mean that you'll never get sick and it doesn't mean that you won't go through hardship or trials, but it does mean that God will always be with you, that he will never leave you or forsake you, that he will, he will, his peace and his presence will always be with you. And in the famine, in the pandemic, in the hard times, do you know what? You can know him. And we're called not to be people that live in fear, but in faith. We're called not to be people that do the dumb stuff, but even when we do, we have a God who's with us, who's not going to leave us, who's not going to forsake us. And yes, we might have to pay the consequences of some of our sins, that, that happens. We see that happen. Moses is another example where that happens. You know, Moses, he's prince, heir to the throne of a kingdom in Egypt. And he is he's in the best place. He's a Hebrew. He's in the best place, in the best position to look after all the other Hebrews. But he does dumb stuff. He gets angry. He lets his anger get the better of him. And he kills someone. And the consequence is that he has to live in the desert for 40 years. But even in that time, he repents he worships God, he, he, he lives a quite a, a very different lifestyle to what he was used to the previous 40 years when he was in the palace. And so he, he has to deal with the consequences of that, of that sin, but God still is able to restore him, he still gives him peace, he, he still has his presence with him, and do you know what, he still has a purpose for his life. And he ends up calling him, and Moses, he, you know the story, he goes, and he, he goes and tells Pharaoh to let the people go, and, and God uses him mightily. We see david mighty king and he messes up he sleeps with bethsheba he then makes sure that there's a cover-up and he ends up murdering through that and you know what and yet he repents and you can read psalm 51 It's a prayer of repentance where david comes and he, he comes back to god and he says he says i'm sorry he repents and he comes back to him and there's restoration and he's restored to all that god has called him to and then you get jonah Jonah runs away. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't want to know God. He runs away. And yet, again, God protects, even in the belly of a fish. And he says, no, come on, there is a purpose for your life. I want you to get on and I want you to work for me. God is faithful to his promises. And, in, and we, it's so easy for us to sometimes live by fear, to do, to do things out of anger, or out of pain, or out, of, yeah, out of fear. But do you know what? He's calling us to faith. And even when we mess up, is there hope? Is there restoration? Absolutely. The answer is yes. And you can know that. But all these people that I've talked about so far, you might have noticed, are people that have, have knew God at one point. They knew God and then they went away from Him. And then they returned, they repented and came back. What about for our children who have never put their trust in God? What about for, for me or for you, for, for us, for people, you know, you might be listening today and. And, and you've never put your trust in Jesus, is there hope for you? Is there restoration? Are there any examples in the Bible where people that have never known you have come and put their trust in you, that you've revealed themself, yourself to them? And the answer is yes. This is great news. Yes, there is restoration. That's why this is a blueprint for restoration, because we get to see through the Bible how, how God actually does these things. Let me give you some examples. What about Ruth? Ruth is a moabite woman. She's living in the promised land and and she is part of a group of people that are, act horrendously. They they worship a, a, a god called Molech and they um they like sacrifice their children to him. They do horrendous things and yet there's this there's this people of God um these people who leave the promised land because they're in fear because there's a famine and they're looking for food. I mean it's just Mad, how much famine just comes up all the time and people act out of fear in these instances and these people they leave the promises of God they leave where God has called them to they go to the Moabite nations and uh, one of these guys end up marrying Ruth now he dies his brother dies his dad dies and but Ruth he she gets gets to know the mother-in-law and she forms a good relationship with her and through that encounter through through that you know, that, that marriage relationship, she ends up hearing about the God of the Bible. And then she ends up putting her trust in him and following him and worshipping him. And do you know what? She is an ancestor of Jesus. And so she's listed in Matthew in the genealogy of, of where Jesus comes from. And it's just amazing how, how God honours her, even though she's, she's not one of the people that would have known God before. There's another one, Rahab. Rahab is a Canaanite woman she's living in Jericho and um, she's living in the promised land she shouldn't be there and the people of God Joshua uh, you can read about this in chapter 2 of Joshua are about to come in and they're about to invade and Rahab she's a prostitute she's far from God's purposes she's she's living in a very different lifestyle to what God would want for her or have for her she she looks like the type of person who who would never put their trust in God and yet she hears about all that God's doing she hears the stories and she, she ends up um, do, just doing an act of kindness and finding out a bit more about these people. And she ends up being heralded as someone as great faith in Hebrews chapter 11. She's also in Jesus' genealogy in Matthew and... Um, Rahab is, is a wonderful example of someone who comes, who comes from a, a background that has never known God and yet God uh, has his hand on her and restores her and she, she comes to him she says sorry she repents and she lives for him and uh, and you get more you get the woman at the well she's a Samaritan she's someone who's despised and yet Jesus he goes and he speaks to her and it's, it's these random encounters you know you might have met someone because you Maybe you you married someone and you heard, you met someone who knows God and you might be listening today because you're sitting in someone's home and you're just watching together and you just happen to be living there. Maybe you know someone from your workplace, you've just had a, a random encounter, you've got to know them and, and so you're listening to the story and you've never really considered God but you're listening in and you're wondering, can God speak to me? Maybe you've just, someone's moved into your street who happens to be a Christian and you're wondering, I wonder what that's about, I'll check out what their church is about do you know what god wants to meet with you god is able to restore you it doesn't matter what you've done how far what the types of things you might have done how far you've fallen short where what your background is like do you know what there is a place for you in god's kingdom and he is patiently waiting to meet with you all the you know, God works all those random encounters with Ruth, with Rahab, with the women at the well. You know, what God moves through mysterious ways. And um, a wonderful passage in 2 Peter chapter 3 says this. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Do You know, even today... You can come and you can say sorry and you can be restored. You can know hope and peace and love and joy and significance and purpose in your life. Because God is waiting. He's just, he's eager, waiting for you to come to him and to run into his arms. So whether you've known God for a long time and just gone off the boil, or whether you've never known him, do you know what? There is restoration that you can know today. And I just wonder, have you written yourself... Have you you written yourself? Do you you just think you're too far gone? Do you think you're too far away from God's plans or purposes? Do you think you've just done too much bad stuff? Well, you know, it would have been really easy for people to write me off. Because I was that guy. I was living the lifestyle. I was, you know, spending time, getting drunk, going to the parties, uh, had the bravado, had all the... All the stuff, you know, had, had the look. It looked like the some, someone who was, who was just far away from God, who never would want to know about him until someone said to me, hey, why don't you come to an Africa course? Why don't you come and find out about God? This, this young girl to, had the brave stop to just ask me, would I come and find out? And she didn't know what was going on in my heart. She didn't know what I was thinking. She didn't know I was questioning life and philosophy and faith and is there something more to life than this? Because I never showed it. But she took the step to ask. And I wonder, who who can we be asking? Who who have we written off? Have you written off your child, your son, your daughter that might have grown up and just living far from God? Have you written off your colleague? Have you written off your neighbour? Have you written off your workmate? I'm so glad that, that she didn't write me off because I might not be here speaking to you today like I am. You know, if you're wondering, can I really trust God? If I put my faith in him, can I really trust him? I want you to know that the answer is yes. He is so faithful to his promises. And we, we heard right, right back at the beginning that God, he, he spoke to Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing to nations. And even before that, he spoke to Adam and Eve. And he said that there is going to be a seed, there's going to be a descendant that comes from you, that comes from your line, and he will put everything right. In fact, it talked about uh, in Genesis chapter three about the serpent, the serpent that came to steal, kill and destroy, that came to trick Adam and Eve. And in chapter three, verse 15, it says that the serpent is going to bite the heel of one of your sons. And but the son is going to overcome and he's going to crush the serpent's head. Do you know the rest of the Bible is really looking through? Is it Abraham? Is it? Moses is it Isaac is it Jacob is it Joseph is it Noah is is it David is it Solomon who is it going to be and then we get to Jesus and Jesus lives a perfect life and he ends up dying do you know when people read Genesis chapter 3 we don't I don't have any snakes and I don't live in a culture that has lots of snakes but everyone knows that when a snake bites someone all the venom in that snake comes out and goes into that being all the venom, all the poison, it goes into that being. And do you know what? On the cross, when Jesus died, Satan gave him his best. All the sin, all the shame, all the guilt, all the venom that he had, all the death of the world was poured out onto Jesus and he died. And he said, God, why have you forsaken me? And he was stricken. He was, he was cut off from God. But you know what? He was perfect and he was righteous and three days later he rose again and now we know that death no longer has a sting. Yes the devil prowls around but he is a defanged snake. He, He has no real power or authority. In fact Jesus has disarmed all his power and all his authority. He has nailed it to the cross and so that all our sin and all our shame and all our guilt has been nailed to the cross as well and we can Uh, be restored to relationship with him we can be confident that he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords he is the the serpent crusher yes he he was bruised but he was not killed he's got the war wounds of the the nails in his finger but he was not killed and do you know what amazingly God is so faithful to his promises that we see in the genealogies that are from Jesus they go right back some of them go back to Abraham some of them go back to Adam, John's genealogy goes right back to God. In the beginning was God, and the word was with God. And the reason why it's amazing is because although Eve uh, had one son killed and one son rejected God and went away, God did an amazing thing. And it's right, and it's a comparison that um, this, the whole of chapter four leads us to. And it says this that um, right at the end of chapter four, Adam made love to his wife again. And so even though Cain rejected God, even though Abel was killed. God granted him gave her another son and this son was Seth and the very last verse or very last few words says at that time people began to call on the name of the Lord the whole of chapter 5 is a comparison with Cain's line Cain had Lamech uh, you know he had multiple sons and then Lamech came and Lamech all of them they all rejected God they all went away from God they 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 didn't want to know God's restoration on their lives but do you know what in complete comparison when we see Seth's line you read through chapter five uh Seth's line they trust in God they call in the name of the Lord they they are they are restored to God they, they believe in him they obey him they're obedient to him and, and he has sons like Enoch, and and later on Enoch comes and Enoch walks with God and knows God and And we get this complete comparison of what life is like, different to rejecting God and walking away from him and being boastful of of your own sins or repenting and coming before God and trusting him and following him. And so my message today is, come on, let's be not like Cain and his line and his descendants. Let's be like Seth. Let's be like Moses. Let's be like David and and Ruth and Rahab and Abraham. Let's be people that even when we mess up, we come back because there's hope to be found in God. There's hope to be found in Jesus, the one that's overcome it all, the one that's defeated death, who's risen again, who's alive today, and you can know him right now in your life. And so I'm going to pray, and and I want you to pray along with me. And we're going to pray a simple prayer, and we can all pray this, where we're going to repent and put our trust in Jesus, the one who's overcome Heavenly Father, I just want to, we, we want to say sorry. I want to say sorry when we've messed up. Sorry when we've walked away from you. Sorry when we've not trusted in your good plans or been obedient to you. And so we, right now we just say sorry for all those things we've done wrong. And Lord, we believe, Lord, we believe that Jesus is the fulfilment of the promise that you gave Right back to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3, right back to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, right to Isaac in Genesis chapter 26. Or we we believe that uh, through this, through your seed, through this line, Jesus came, he defeated death, he overcame it all, and in him we can know a restoration to our heavenly Father. We can know hope and life and love and and faith. We can we can know significance and purpose. And Lord God, we're right now, we repent of all those things we do wrong, and we, we come back. Back to you and and Lord we thank you that you are you are so faithful to us and we just pray you know like that that mark that you put on Cain actually Lord I pray that we won't be people that reject the mark that people that that receive the mark and so I just thank you lastly for those words in Ephesians that tell us that we are included in Christ when we hear the message of truth and the gospel of our salvation that Lord we believe that when you have marked us with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, that that really is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance so that we we can no longer be afraid, but we can walk in faith knowing, Lord God, that you will restore and redeem and renew. And so we trust in you, we live for you, we're obedient to you, and we just ask you, Lord God, would you have your way in our lives? In your heavenly name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10am. Head to hopechurchgilford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.